It's an interesting app. Sarah got it for me for my birthday. The DC Universe app? Yeah, the DC Universe app. She got it for me for my birthday. And I actually meant to tell you about it earlier and I just kept forgetting. But it is it is an interesting thing that they've created. Because not only do they have like Titans and Doom Patrol and they're coming out with original content... And they also have the cartoons, they have some of their old movies and things like that. But you can also download... Is Batman the Animated Series on there? They just... They just added that newer one. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Oh, but not the 90s they one? They might have it on there. Hold on. I'm always looking for that. I know Mask of the Phantasm is on there. Have you watched Titans yet? I have. How is it? It's pretty good. It looked so bad. No, it's actually interesting. It's much better than I thought it was going to be. All right. But what's really interesting is they also have, on top of the movies and the television, they also have comics on there. But they do it in this interesting way. So, like, Doom Patrol just came out. So they'll put a bunch of Doom Patrol comics. So, like, if you want to find out more about the characters that you're watching, it will have things that, like, it can suggest things to you. Different storylines and story arcs, and then you can read them right on the app. It's it's really interesting. They've kind of made it integrative in what they put on there. Remember when we were doing a podcast and not just a weird plug that we're not even getting paid for? <laughs> Remember when that was happening? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I was plugging it super well, but... <laughs> I wasn't even trying. Oh, good job. Thanks. All the more reason... They should give us some fucking money, Warner Brothers. Or anyone. There's nothing even on the DC thing, and we're plugging away. Yeah. So, uh, what do you want? Kids in cages? We could promote that. Absolutely. Lock them up. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm not really, but if you pay me, I am. Yeah, if you want to throw us some money, I will say whatever. I am a cheap cheap whore one of the great things about this podcast is that neither of us have any integrity left at all none so we are a blank canvas i'm gonna be honest with you i'm pretty sure i didn't have any integrity when we started this it only gets lower from here so bring it on you back up that money truck and i will say anything you want all right that is my personal promise unless someone pays me to say that I won't say anything you want, and then I'm going to say that because that person paid me. But if you pay me, I'm still going to say it. Hey, Chris. What's up? What if someone gave you $10 to promote the Yankees? Fuck the Yankees. All right, (laughs) fuck the Yankees. Fuck Jeter. Fuck A-Rod. Fuck Steinbrenner. Fuck Damon. Fuck whoever still plays for the Yankees. I don't even watch the Yankees anymore. Fuck those guys. Fuck the nine guys that were just out on the field tonight. Fuck the nine guys that were out on the field last night. Fuck the GM. Fuck the janitors. Fuck the guy who brings you your beer. Fuck them. Fuck the Yankees. Fuck Babe Ruth. Fuck the Dodgers for at one time being in Brooklyn next to the Yankees. Fuck them. Fuck baseball for having the Yankees. Fuck New York for having the Yankees. Fuck the Mets for not just one day walking over across to the Bronx and setting Yankee Stadium on fire. Fuck Yankee Stadium for being fire retardant. (laughs) Fuck the old Yankee Stadium. Fuck the new Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah.
everybody, welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and fuck the Yankees. <laughs> my name is Chris Treble, alongside me as always is my co-host Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. Tell us how you really feel, Chris. You know, I'm just, I'm more of a Phillies guy. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things that we've ever done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. One of my old chestnuts right there. I can. I like to bring it out at parties sometime. Chris, that's not allowed. You can't just whip that out at a party. Did we learn nothing from Brett Kavanaugh? You know what? Yes, I learned that if, as long as I've drank beer, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I like beer. Fuck the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we talking about today? What are we doing? What are we talking about? What is, what's happening We're right going to talk about two TV shows that came out, the first episode of each. One is on the DC Universe, the new streaming service from DC, and uh, that's Doom Patrol. And we're also going to talk about the first episode of Umbrella Academy, which is a new show on Netflix. Yes. Which one would you like to start with first? Why don't we start with Doom Patrol? Well, too bad, because I want to talk about Umbrella Academy. Wow. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, how does it fucking feel, bitch? You know what? I'm not going to lie. I don't like it. I don't like this taste in my mouth. I don't like this at all. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little turned on. I, well, I'm always a little turned on, but I don't I don't like this at all. And I know the lesson here should be I shouldn't do that because... I don't like how it makes me feel, and so I should now understand how you feel, and I'll have empathy for that. But now I'm going to do it twice as hard. That got really intense. <laughs> it got oddly aggressive. Yeah. I don't like this. This is going to now taint how I feel for the rest of the episode. It really gets under your skin. Wow. It's like a, ugh, I don't like this. Ugh. All right, let's talk about Doom Patrol, you fuckhead. Ugh. No, yeah, let's talk about Doom Patrol first, because there's only one episode to talk about. Okay, sounds good. So Doom Patrol, of course, is based on the famous characters that were created. I don't have the facts in front of me. Listen, they, they've they been around since, like, the 60s. In fact, I, I think I remember Doom Patrol is sometimes rumored to be a precursor to the X-Men, because I believe they were around first. Oh. And it is a group of misfits yeah. led by a guy in a wheelchair. Sure. Either that or X-Men came first and Doom Patrol was a horrible knockoff. One is a <laughs> knockoff of the other. Somebody fact check me on which one is which. I think Doom Patrol came first though. Um, and they've always been kind of been on the, I want to say they've always kind of been on the outskirts of DC and the DC universe in some sort of way. Recently, they've really made a comeback and kind of a an interesting link between the two subjects that we're talking about. Recently, DC brought them back in a what's called their young animals imprint and doom patrol is currently being written by gerard way aka the lead singer of my chemical romance and also the co-creator of the umbrella academy doom patrol for those of you who don't know is about a group of kind of misfit people who are brought together by a guy named the chief they all have unique abilities or something and but there's much more of a family aspect to this than I think you would find in the X-Men, at least to start off in that they're kind of reluctant superheroes. You know, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're anti-heroes, but they, you know, they don't really want these abilities that they have. They're more curses than they are blessings. And that's especially true in the opening of this series. And the first episode especially kind of goes heavily along 
the storyline of Robot Man is played by Brendan Fraser in this, where you find out a lot of his backstory. You find out a little more of the other's backstories as well as we're going along. Uh, and we also have a great, I don't want to say unreliable narrator, but a very not unbiased narrator in Alan Tudyk. You know what they call not unbiased is biased. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you so much. You're such a fucker. And actually, since I've thrown you off your track, can I just read all the notes I made in order during this episode? Please do. Here we go. Soundtrack. Meh. Guardians had Fox on the run. Brendan Fraser has ripened like a fine wine. <laughs> read them all, and then we'll go back and touch on them one on one. That sounds great because some of them are doozies. CGI mask in the mirror. No good. Alan Tudyk is seamless. His character is brilliant. Quote, critics will hate this show. Quote. Does the thing where the men are interesting and disfigured, but the women are all attractive? Like the step stuff, but he doesn't have any muscles. Shouldn't the steps be easy? Great twist. Great second twist. <laughs> the CGI is so period, bad, period. CGI is still bad. Why don't the bus riders go out any of the emergency exits? <laughs> <laughs> I did not even think of that. Keep going. That's it. That's it? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So overall, did you like this episode? Did you, like, did this make you interested to at least see more of this? Yes. But in all honesty, not until like the last 10 minutes. Okay. I was not on board for a lot. And I think part of that is because, and we'll talk about it in a minute if you agreed with me. Okay. But I watched Umbrella Academy first. Yes. And then I watched this and I was like, uh, and I feel like they're very similar in stories. Yes. And I feel like if I hadn't seen Umbrella Academy beforehand, I would have given it some more slack. Mm hmm. Umbrella Academy also doesn't do a lot of CGI in theirs. It's very grounded. Right. But Doom Patrol needs it. Like, there's stuff that... We can just go through my notes if you want to. Uh, and obviously, spoilers for all of these. Yeah. Um, I will note, uh, I did it the opposite way. I had watched Doom Patrol first. Yeah. So this will be interesting. But I really enjoyed Doom Patrol. But I definitely, uh, while I was watching Umbrella Academy, I had that same thought. I was like, if I had watched this first, it would have ruined Doom Patrol. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Go, go back. Man. Because they both came out at the same time. And Umbrella Academy is so good. Right. So the soundtrack, meh. Guardians had Fox on the Run. So Fox on the Run is one of the first ones you hear. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a good song. But like what I love about Guardians and actually Umbrella Academy too is they both use music that is, you're like, oh yeah, this song. But they haven't been used in previous yeah. comic book movies or television shows. Brendan Fraser has ripened like a fine wine is like, as soon as he starts acting, I'm like, Mwah. Like basically as soon as he's in the metal body, I was like, oh yeah, he's good. He's actually really good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's really good. I totally, I actually really like him in this character. I, I will say I kind of like everyone in this cast. Yeah, they're growing on me. I do like this cast a lot. I think some of them don't have a lot to do yet. And I think as the later episodes come out, they're going to tackle, I think 
eventually everyone's going to kind of get their own episode. Yeah. But I do like everyone in this cast. Yes, I agree. I, I think there's subtle hints, like when Negative Man walked into the bar. <laughs> Which sounds like the setup for a joke. It does. But he walks in and he's wearing this coat that kind of looks like an elegant bathrobe. And uh, his arms are sort of swaying delicately. And I was like, right, that's an interesting walk for a pilot. And like the very next scene is him, I think, and because uh, I, I sort of watched it at work, so I was half paying attention, but I think it's him making out with a dude, right? Yes, yes. So I was like, that seems like an odd choice. And then I was like, oh, no, it wasn't an odd choice at all. What a great choice. Uh, very interesting. It's right. subtle. It was just enough that I, I just barely picked up on it and wondered if that was intentional. And then it was, which was very nice. Right. I will say as well, <laughs> I don't have this written down in my notes, but I did think to myself, Brendan Fraser's a little big to be a race car driver. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's a... Like, they gotta weigh, like, 100 pounds. Yeah, he is definitely a tall, bigger man. I, he's lost weight, though. He looks great. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's definitely found his way back to to the living, if you will. Uh, yeah, man, I, I'm glad he's coming back. He, uh, he took a long break for a long time, and... He went through a lot of really bad shit, uh, even before the break. And then he got blacklisted for like two bad. That's, we were just talking about this on the last episode. We were talking about Batman. And I said, my only concern is that they're going with a younger Batman because they're worried, oh, people don't want older characters now. They want young characters. Right. In the same way that they did that with female led superhero movies. Oh, they don't want female-led superhero movies because they hated Catwoman and Elektra, right. so we gotta do other stuff. They looked at these, like, Monkey Bone and, like, Georgia the Jungle 2 and uh, right. Dudley Do-Right, and they were like, oh, people just don't want Brendan Fraser, Fraser movies anymore. anymore. Yeah. And and The Mummy 3, you know, stuff like that. Right. So he was gone for years. Like, yeah. he did, like, a, a television show here and there, like, he was a guest appearance. He was on, he was in Crash. That's true, yeah, but I, I think, uh... But that was, I'm saying that was, like, a rare break for him. Well, what year was that? Uh, that's a good question. See, Crash was in 2004, so yeah, that was right in the heart of it. So he went from, in everything in the 90s, then he's got, this, these are the years that his stuff comes out. 2000, 2000, 2001, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, uh, he was in King of the Hill in one episode in 2000 and another one in 2005, so like five years later. 2006, 2007, we're slowing down, like one thing a year. Right. And then he's got 2008, 8, 8, 8, 8, 9, 9, 10, 10, 11, 13, 13, 13, and he's starting to pick back up steam, and now finally we're in the, the uh, re-emerging golden era. I think he got Trust was the big TV series that showed the world that he was back, uh, and then he was in Condor, Behind the Curtain of Light, and now Doom Patrol, so I'm glad he's coming back in. I think he's cast perfectly in this. This is great for him. Matt Bomer is actually, I think, one of those guys that's kind of underrated i don't think you probably know who he is i know he's in this show he was in this show called white collar yeah i know that show was he the main guy he was the main guy in it but then he also went on to do i think he was in the normal heart the hbo version of the normal heart and i think it was on broadway recently i feel like he's been on broadway a couple of times so he's he's gotten around and he's actually kind of proven himself as i'm more than just incredibly good looking i actually have actual talent to me and so i think like i said i i think they didn't quite give him a whole lot to do but right enough that it piqued my interest to look forward to what's gonna happen then elastigirl the woman i'm not like i'm not against her i just 
I'm more intrigued by her character than I am intrigued by who they've casted, I would say. Cyborg has yet to make an appearance. Cyborg is going to be in this. But Timothy Dalton is the chief. Right. What did you think of Yeah, Timothy he's great. Dalton? He's fantastic. He's great in everything, man. Like, he's such a good casting choice. If you ever need, like, a suspicious English guy, he's your man. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's. You know what's great about Timothy Dalton? He looks like he's wearing a Guy Fox mask all, all the, the time. All the time. Yeah, I know. Some would say the best James Bond as well. Just him and his mom, I think. Yeah, pretty much. It was, <laughs> well, I talked to his mom before this, and she said hi. And she said, I really, really like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> she was like, that Roger Moore is so sexy. He's hard to beat. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm going to go out there and say this. Timothy Dalton is the Daniel Craig Bond before Daniel Craig, okay? He had a harder edge to him than the other Bonds. Uh, he was a little more savage than the other Bonds. And Daniel Craig is just doing a Timothy Dalton thing, all right? There, I said it. I really think Roger Moore is really the hardest Bond we've gotten. The hardest Bond? Yeah, he's going to, you know, walk that edge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ride the line. Anyway, I actually really like Timothy Dalton as the chief. I think they've also created a very intriguing character. And I think Timothy Dalton's performance in it is really, really fascinating to watch. And I want to see how that, that progresses. What was, what was the next note after Brendan Fraser has aged like a fine wine? I said the CGI mask in the mirror is no good. When the whoever that is holds when he can't move. And she's like, I think you should know what you look like. And she holds a mirror to his face. Oh, yeah. It's really good. It's really bad. Yeah. It's just a cartoon of a mask moving. And I was like, Ugh. yeah. That, and, I, and it put me off for a minute because I was like, is that what he's going to look like for the rest of this show? And thankfully, it's it's like prosthetics. Mostly, it looks like. But man, I was worried for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did see that. and I was like, oof, that is if, if that's going to be like. The level of quality for the whole show, I don't know how I'm going to do. Hopefully that was like the CGI test run and everyone looked at that and was like, yeah, we got to make a suit. I did like when they opened and they have the POV through his eyes. Yeah, that was cool. That was a really cool filter that they that they were using that kind of like old glass. And then because then I kept watching it and I'm going, that's what the world is going to look like for this guy. That's going to get super annoying. Yeah. So annoying. You really get a feel for why he's such an asshole through the whole thing. What, okay. Compare that CGI with the CGI that is at the very end with Alan Tudyk. Right. So that's the other thing, though. So we can skip ahead and we'll go back. But I put that cgi is so dot bad dot yeah and that's referring to the movie star oh the blob thing yeah yeah and i was like that's no good uh it looks like someone took a like a south park style circle of paper and just is rolling it on the film yes and then right after that i wrote the cgi is still bad and that's alan tudyk <laughs> see i like that cgi i thought that was really good the mr nobody cgi no it still looks like he's not there I liked it the first one, like at the beginning of the, the show, when he his face just like rips apart. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but it just it looks like he's been superimposed on the film. I disagree. I thought that was really impressive. I actually really thought that worked. It's OK, Chris. The first step to admitting you have a problem is admitting that you were wrong. So I'm glad you're able to say this. I didn't actually say I was wrong. I said that I disagree with you and that you're wrong. Well, thank you. The second step is denial. So I think we're on the same page still. Actually, we're on a good track. Yeah, what I'm trying to think what else. I feel like we can start to move towards Umbrella Academy, but what were some of the other... Well, the next thing, this actually uh, moves us seamlessly into that. I said Alan Tudyk is seamless. His character is brilliant. <laughs> and, quote, critics will hate this show, quote. Yeah. Which I really liked. 
I like his character, and I kind of I like his character as a narrator. Yeah, I love how much he breaks the fourth wall, which makes sense for him. Uh, it's an interesting character and an interesting take. Uh, it sounds interesting. He's doing a great thing with his voice. He's a great voice actor. I love that he says something about something. I love that line. Something about critics. And he says, you know, the critics are going to hate them, but what do they know? You know, they're going to hate this show also. So who cares? And uh, I said as well, it does that thing where the men are disgusting, disfigured and interesting and the women are still attractive. Like even this woman who can't control what's happening to her body is like beautiful for most of the show. And then you've also got a man without a body. So he's just an ugly giant robot. And you've got this like burn ward victim who's just like covered in scarring. Uh, and they, they get the physically interesting characters and, uh, the women are just regular attractive characters, you know? Yeah. But, but the one woman, the one woman is meant to, like, that's the essence of her character is that she, yeah, I get it. She, her whole thing is, is her looks. It's that based is where on her she beauty. Finds her. I, I get it. It's still just, it's another trope that, uh, and look, having tropes, especially female-based tropes in movies and television. Like, that alone is not going to, you know, ruin a movie for me or anything like that. Even Into the Spider-Verse has a couple. Uh, it has the uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Like, um, Spider-Gwen comes in and is better than everyone else at everything, but she's still just supporting the main male characters. Right. Um, and I love that movie. So it's, it's you know, it's it's part... They're just another... It's another show that is in the middle of this transition that Hollywood is doing where they're trying to figure their way out of this. And, yeah, but see, You know, they, they added that in. And right, but... What are you going to do? Yeah, but again, that they gave a character that, yes, she's beautiful, but her... That is... It, it is purposeful. It's not just like, we just hired the... I get it. ...the best-looking actor. And I guarantee you it's going to be a plot point of some kind. That of course. It's her, a, it's her a character beauty device, is not so I get it. Yeah. But also, um, Diane Guerrero, who plays Jane, is another one. She's she's gorgeous, and she's still gorgeous. And that's great. Like, I don't think they should be made ugly just to make them ugly or anything like that. Right. But it's just unfortunate that this is another story. It's just one of those things that's like a... It doesn't... You know, it's just the way the story worked out. And that's unfortunate that, like, you get these physically interesting male characters and the female characters aren't as physically interesting, in my opinion. That's all. Like I said, it's not it's not a huge issue to me. It's just one of those things that, like, hey, that's the nature of the plot, but that sucks. Right. Fair. And then uh, I like all the step stuff. But if he doesn't have any muscles and he's just a machine, mm -hmm. can't he just climb steps well i think it wasn't a muscle thing i think the issue is like a learning to adjust being able to connect your mind to this new body right but he was already doing that by he was lifting his legs he just wasn't lifting them enough right but he, it's getting used to just like a level issue that's but that's a thing it's not a muscle thing it's not i'm not strong enough to lift my foot up high enough it's that i'm not you know we when we learn to climb steps we now like i can go up a a flight of stairs and not have to think consciously about how high I have to lift my foot. Right. He has to right now think consciously about how high to lift his foot. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a whole scene where he is continuously kicking the step because he can't, he, he just can't make it like if that were the thing that, okay, have him look at the step, 
and then lift his foot up to the step and be like, oh, all right, I did it. Let me try just walking up the steps now. And then he fumbles or whatever. Right, right. Uh, I got to stay focused. It's really hard. But instead, there's a whole scene that's like two minutes long where he's just lifting his foot and slamming it into the step and then lifting his foot and slamming it into the step over and over and over again. And it seems like he is just unable to lift his leg high enough. Right. That's what I got from it. Yeah, I guess I think they could have just... Um, I, I like what they did as far as that kind of a problem. Like, it's a, it's a tiny thing that we take for granted. Yeah. And now he has to really learn to do it all over again. They could have played around with, like, he doesn't lift it high enough, then he lifts it, like, way too high. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I'm learning to just... I think they tried too hard to humanize it, because that's a very human thing that we recognize, where, like, people are paraplegic. Right. And so they have to relearn how to use their muscles. Right. But it could have been something as easy as his fear that he has to overcome he weighs like 500 pounds now presumably so what is it about being five feet in the air above everything else that if you fall oh yeah i get what you're saying you just slam into the ground you know and then it's his daughter's image that gives him the courage maybe that's something they could have done instead but you know it's it's still it's another just small thing that i'm not i'm not super concerned with it was just a thought i had but the other thing i had and this is huge spoilers so uh if you don't want anything spoiled or any big spoilers skip ahead like five or ten minutes but i I wrote great twist great second twist and the great the first great twist i didn't see it coming at first and it was that um he killed his wife and daughter accidentally yes Uh, he was responsible for their deaths Uh, i did see it coming after the chief said you know oh i have something i have to tell you i was like oh they're both dead and he killed him and I, I did call it from there, but I didn't see it coming before that moment. But I definitely didn't see the second twist right. coming, which is that his you know daughter is still alive. I, I totally... That was great. I did not see either of those twists coming. I think I saw the twist coming of like... Well, I shouldn't say because he kept saying that they're both still alive. But I was like, there's something there's something going on. Right. Maybe I saw that... I was like, there's going to be a twist here. And I guess maybe it was like, he's dead. They're both dead. But I did not see that he had killed. See, I, I did. I definitely. Yeah, I agree. I picked up because the thing that picked that keyed it off for me is that he Brendan Fraser, the robot man, keeps saying um, uh, she's probably moved on by now. Right. Like that. That phrase kept coming up or he kept discussing like. This is probably X normal thing is probably what happened. She's probably just tell me it's fine. She's moved on. Right. Just tell me she found someone else to be with. And they've they both my daughter's grown up or whatever. And I was like, there's something not right. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's too easy. Yeah. Yeah. But that was I, I thought that was well done. Right. And the very last thing was they have to stop the blob from killing all these kids in a bus and right. i was like there's got to be like 20 emergency exits on this bus yeah absolutely yeah it's very true and she was not moving very fast at yeah. all <laughs> well and she kept trying to open the 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 bus door from the door when you open it from the handle <laughs> that's by the just throw seat. that sucker into reverse and just back it on yeah, up. right that too yeah there are any number of possibilities yeah it's fair <laughs> But I I would recommend it. I'm very interested to see where it goes. I can't wait for Alan Tudyk to be more involved. A more prominent character. Yeah, but I do love this. I'm very interested to see how these characters work together. I mentioned, I think, to you off mic, uh, or maybe last episode or something, that uh, Diane Guerrero, uh, she's in Orange is the New Black, and I never took her seriously. Right. She is the Sean William Scott of, or maybe I should say the Ashton Kutcher okay. of Orange is the New Black. She's vapid, 
She has no character depth for a long time in the show, at least in the first few seasons. She's just an airhead who's there to be funny. Uh, and then I saw her, I think I saw her in, we got to an episode in the show that dives into her backstory and she does a great job of showing that she's much smarter than her character appears to be. And I was like, oh, she can actually act a little. That's pretty good. And now she's in this. And I'm like, yeah, she's fantastic. She, as a reminder, plays Jane. Yeah, I mean, she is really good. And I'm, I, she's definitely one of those characters. I'm like, there's something. There is way more yeah. to this than meets the eye. Well, and they said there's 60-something personalities. Yeah, and they all have their own superpowers. So that'll be yeah, fun. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. Yeah. That'll be really interesting. So, let's transition from one family to another. Let's. And talk about the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. I would love to. This is based on... Was it Dark Horse? Yeah. Here's what I will say before we begin. On Rotten Tomatoes, Doom Patrol has 93% and Umbrella Academy has 71%. That's off. That's not correct. I know, right? Because I, I really love Doom Patrol, but Umbrella Academy is really superb. I think it's really, really well done. Yeah. I think it's, how should I put it? It is Doom Patrol on a better budget, and it is Suicide Squad done the way that Suicide Squad was supposed to be done. Yeah, agreed. Very well put. It's really phenomenal. So here's what, here's the, kind of the, the brief synopsis of, of the Umbrella Academy. So the Umbrella Academy, again, based on the Dark Horse comic by Gerard Way, um, is in 1989 on the same day. Uh, seven, oh no, I'm sorry, excuse me, 43 children were given birth to. And what's unique about these 43 children is that when their mothers woke up that day, they weren't pregnant. And by the end of the day, they were born. Um, and so a, an eccentric billionaire goes around and tries to get as many of these children as possible. He locates seven of them, adopts them, uh, and then raises them to become... He raises them thinking that there's got to be something special about all of these children, and he raises them to become kind of this crime-fighting unit that is made up of seven kids. Uh, excuse me, six kids. One of them turns out to be have no powers at all. Or does she? Yeah, I don't know, man. She probably does. Probably. She, she's got to. Well, I keep thinking, like, is she going to be the guy in the chair? <laughs> she's going to be the guy in the chair. Maybe. Until she figures out that she has a power. Yeah, I know. I think it has something to do with the... We see her take a pill. Possibly. And we see her take pills throughout this, and I, I wonder if it has something to do with that. We'll find out. And those six children become the Umbrella Academy, and then this flat, this uh, series really picks up once that billionaire eccentric dies... And they have all, and this is all exposition, they've all gone on to become adults and go their separate ways. And they're kind of a fractured family, but they all have to come back when uh, their father dies. Um, and it turns out, you find then that one of the brothers who can travel through space also figured out how to travel through time and ended up going uh, way into the future and finding that the world ended and came back. Uh, and when he comes back, he c is eight days before the end of the world. And so that is where the series kind of picks up. Yeah. Really interesting show. It's a really interesting show. I like all the characters in this. A lot of the actors are really, really good. Yeah. Even the sporting characters. Mary J. Blige is really good. Yeah. The guy who is next to Mary J. Blige, her partner, is really good. He's in a he's in another Netflix show called Mindhunters. It was done by David Fincher. Yeah, his name's Cameron Britton. Yeah, he's fantastic. And he's fantastic in that show as well, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, he's great. Uh, we got to talk about Ellen Page. 
so Ellen Page is known for Juno, Inception, Hard Candy, and like two X-Men movies, I think. Uh, so she Don't is... Don't forget Whip It. I have no idea what that is. Well, then you are messing out. Anyway, go on. She's also in the movie Super, so she's she's no stranger to superhero films. We were talking about this, I think, on the Patreon episode. Or no, we were we were talking about it before the Patreon episode because I didn't want to bring it up. She was recently on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and uh, she pleaded with politicians and viewers to end xenophobia and to actively work towards correcting uh, climate change. And she said through tears, quote, This needs to fucking stop, which was followed by, and I counted, a 45-second standing ovation on the show, so it was probably much longer in real life. Uh, She's a real great humanitarian, and uh, I'm real glad she's in this. She's a great actress. Yes, she's... I I think she's a great anchor to this show. Yeah, you really feel her sorrow and somberness, right? Yeah. Well, I also... You can also feel that there's kind of a gravity that everything kind of pulls towards her whenever she's around that she is, like you said, she's probably kind of the guy in the chair, even though she hasn't stepped up into that role. She sort of did though. There are scenes where you see them as kids. I was just going to say in the flashbacks, she kind of is that, but is it, you know what I mean? Like they never, not, there's never a moment where all six of them turn to her again. I'm all, I'm, we're only three episodes in. So yeah. Which is another reason maybe that it's uh, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, because we don't know. Right. Anyone who has watched all of the episodes, if you're listening to this and you're like, you fuckheads, it it explains itself. Yeah, agreed. Shut up. I've probably, by the time you're listening to this, I probably watched them all. All right. So shut it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, she she really provides a great grounded anchor. Yes, absolutely. Um, I even just like the dynamic of the powers that are given to these kids. So th- some of them are really original that, you know, that the, the rumor girl. Fantastic. That's a great power. It's so great. I will go off on a slight tangent. And when she has that speech about making her kid do something and then she has a court date or something. Yeah. Two things went through my mind. I was like, okay, here's it. Th- she was like, I said, I would only do it once. And that if every parent could do that, they would do it. A hundred percent they would do it. They would do it all the time, okay? It would not be illegal. They would just do it all the time. I would do it all the time. I think the point of that was that the courts determined it is illegal. No. There that is a that is a plot hole. There is no no. No. There's no way. Because everyone in the court would be a parent and would be like, Yeah, I wish I could get my absolutely no. One of the things I love about this show... Getting your kid to stop crying using a superpower is not child abuse. It's not. I'm sorry. Listen, if she was using it and doing terrible things with the kid... What if that superpower is super strength or, like, laser vision? If you're bringing harm to the child to get them to stop crying, yes, that's a crime. If it's <laughs> super strength and you're... I don't know what you would, how you would use your super strength to get a kid cr- to stop crying. Listen. So could you just roofie your kid? No, what? Well, couldn't you? Again, I'm pretty sure if you gave a child a roofie, that has some sort of physical ha- effect on that kid. No, not at all. It just it just makes them black out for a second. I don't think you're doing roofies correctly. That's one. <laughs> why don't you just why don't you just asphyxiate them for like a second until they? You know, I'm just saying, like, just because you are manipul like manipulation in general is a bad thing. Just you know what? 
you don't know what you're talking about. Just trust me. When my kid is crying, if I could say, hey, I heard a rumor that you want to stop crying, and it would make him stop crying, I would do it all the time. Every single time. I thought you were going to say, if I could say, hey, I heard a rumor that you shut the fuck up. I'll say it like that. I don't care. He doesn't know what I'm saying. Doesn't matter. If I was like, hey, I heard a rumor that you're about to shut the fuck up right now, and it shut him the fuck up, I do it every single time. A hundred percent. I wouldn't even wait for the tears. I would just do it. I would just launch into it. All right, we got to move on. So- what I found interesting about this show is that it's very reminiscent of like ancient Greek theater where like everything has already happened. Like if you look at Oedipus, he has already, Oh, right. Like his parents were already warned about a curse that they, he would hit their son would, you know, marry the wife and kill the father. So they tried to get rid of him. Yeah. And then he came back and he killed his father and he married his wife. All that shit that he's known for has already happened before the play starts. So the interesting about this, I was explaining the show to someone who'd never heard of it before. And I said, uh, blah, 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 they're kids, they have powers, and they start a group together. And the friend I was talking to, she was like, oh, so that's what the show's about? It's about them being a group of superheroes as kids? And I was like, no, nah, actually, it's about what happens 15 years after that. Yeah. What happens once the group breaks up, which is really interesting. And what happens when you're just an adult trying to live your life right. with a superpower? Right. And that's part of it. Uh, Allison's superpower that she can just make anyone do anything, you know? There's also a great kind of underlying, an underlying theme of fame and the curse of fame. Because uh, these kids were famous. They, everyone yeah. knew who they were, not just because of their superpowers, but because of their father, because their father was famous. You're a very public figure. And then what happens after that? After that glory fades and all of that goes away. That three episodes in, there's still some mystery about, like, how that happened, when did it go away, what caused it, you know, there's there's that theme under there. So there's a couple of different layers to this. Ellen Page's character, Vanya, is very interesting because I get the feeling that her main goal is just to belong somewhere, that she wanted to belong with her family and she couldn't, yes. so she writes this book. Uh, like outcasting herself from her family to try and gain acceptance in the world and they don't accept her either and now like she's just trying to find acceptance somewhere it's all she's ever wanted you know well i was about to point out there is one thing about this that i'm st- about, about this plot that three episodes in i'm still confused about that maybe you can figure out for me so they have this thing of the eye right that the kid is trying to so the kid find the kid who can travel through time uh, recovered in the future, after the world had ended, an eye, a fake eye, an, all, an artificial eye. And he comes back and he has the eye. And then he says, if I can figure out who this eye belongs to, I can figure it out. Because this eye belongs to the person who destroys the world. And then he goes and they check out the serial number at like the doctor's office. And the doctor is like, hey, the weird thing is, this eye hasn't even been manufactured yet. So I guess I'm confused because the world ends in like a week. So one, they're going to make an eye and it's going to be given to somebody in a week. Have you seen the uh, the car drive away from that office yet? Yes, I just watched that. I think he's lying. I think it has been manufactured. Okay, because it, it's something weird because if it hasn't been manufactured, then that's the end of the trail. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't use that eye to find anything anymore because you have no, there's no way to know. And two, he's like, the, whoever has this eye brings about the end of the world. And I'm like, but you don't know that. Yeah. You found that in somebody's hand. That's not proof. You have no idea how that eye got into his hand. Right. But Chris, I think I have a hunch that we're going to find out that number five isn't telling the whole truth for a number of mm. reasons. One, 
He's insane. Yeah, he is insane. He talks to a mannequin. That kid's really good. Yeah, I'm going to get to him. He's got a whole mess of shit. So that, and also, did you catch that it sounds like he traveled back in time to the 30s and murdered someone? Yes, with the knife. Yeah. Yeah, I caught that for a second, and then I was like, oh, maybe that's a... Okay. And I love that they just let it go. And I was like, no, no, wait, I want I want to learn more about that. I hope that comes up. Was it wait, was that a knife? Was that a knife that he that wasn't a knife he picked up from the donut shop? Yes, that it was, was a knife he had on him? It was the knife from the donut shop. Oh, that he traveled back in time after the donut shop incident. No. He already went back in time and they were like, Whose fingerprints are these? And they were because he murdered someone, and in the thirties they were like, Whose fingerprints were these? <gasps> Oh, I misheard what they said. Okay, I thought they said the knife was the weapon. No, they said it, the fingerprints matched the uh, murder from the 1930s. And she goes, well, that's clearly wrong. Check it again. Okay. I thought they said the knife matched a weapon that was used. No, no, it's the fingerprints. I want to move on to Tom Hopper, who plays Luther. Yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot, but uh, his I will say this. His IMDb bio starts with, quote, English-born Tom Hopper has come a long way in his acting career. Was he bad before? I guess. Or his agent is really... He's come a long way. Is that how you want to start your bio? Isn't he like 26 or something? Come a long way from where? Probably, yeah. They're all about the same age. Well, I think he's... They're all around 30. Except for Ellen Page. No, she's she's how 30. How is Ellen Page? She's 30. Is she really? Well, she's 31. She's one month older than me. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. What have we been doing with our lives? So he was in Percival, or he played Percival uh, in the show Merlin, that he, that was his like big claim to fame. Yep. He's also Dick and Tarly in Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, he's also done a few other things, but nothing I recognize, so I don't give a shit about it. But he's good, right, Luther? He's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I do like him. I Poor man's Chris Evans? Poor man's Chris Evans. I was actually thinking he's a poor man's Channing Tatum. Rich man's Channing Tatum. In the in the poster, he looks like Channing. Like, when I first saw the ad, ad for this, I thought Channing Tatum was in this. I could see that. He looks like Channing Tatum. At least in that. He also looks like... Who is the... There's another actor he looks like on screen, and I can't place what the guy... Josh Lucas. His face looks like Josh Lucas. Carol Channing. Yep, that's it. Oh, okay. David Castaneda plays Diego. He's previously been in Sicario, as well as, like, other mostly Hispanic-centric shows, like Jane the Virgin and stuff like that. But he's he's good in this, too. Most of the time, I don't like his character, like his acting of the character, because he's very closed off. And I'm like, okay, that's an easy thing to do, though. But after a couple episodes, he gets to open up a little bit, which is nice. Uh, We get to see him a little vulnerable. Yeah. Now we're getting into the good stuff. So Robert Sheehan plays Klaus. And I was like, I have never seen this man before in my life. He's fucking brilliant. So I looked him up and I have seen him in a ton of stuff. And he just looks completely different. Can you place him from anywhere? I can't. I remember looking him up, but I don't remember seeing a credit that I was like, oh, he's in that thing. Can you do me a favor and watch a video really quickly? Yes. Why don't we YouTube Robert Sheehan, Tom Natsworthy. And the first thing that comes up should be Mortal Engines, Tom Natsworthy featurette. Okay, I got it. I got you. I got you right Watch that. And that guy, the young man, is Klaus. Yes, I know. I did know he was in Mortal Engines. But look at him. I know. It's so crazy. Because in this, he has something to do. I'm saying in, in Umbrella Academy. Something Never in a million years. 
would I know that was the same person? Right. He got his start playing Nathan Young in Misfits, which is a TV show about a group of British delinquents, juvenile delinquents, who are sentenced to community service and they develop superpowers while they're doing that and they're trying to figure it out it's a very good show it's it's sort of a, a self-aware deadpool funny sort of style show it's very funny oh i did hear of this yeah so he is insane uh fun 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 fact uh on his imdb page under uh films he's known for mortal engines isn't listed but Geostorm is, and that's gotta hurt. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, pretty soon it's gonna be the Umbrella Academy, because this he's so fucking good in this. Yeah. It's, he's, I mean, every scene he's in, I'm like, yes, yes, I just want... He makes really good yeah. decisions. The script he's given is fine, right? but he makes but he's able very to interesting, make unique it pop decisions. So well. Yeah. Exactly. I get the feeling that there's a, a vault somewhere of 40 different takes of every scene he's in, and every single one is completely different than the others. Yeah, yeah. this is definitely a great case of taking the reins off an actor and just letting them yeah. kind of go hog wild with it. They give him great lines, too, like when Luther, it comes out that Luther suspects that one of them has killed their father, and they all get super offended and walk out, and he says, oh no, I'll be right back, I'm just gonna go I'm gonna kill go mom I'm gonna go kill mom, quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> It's <laughs> a really he's funny so, guy. His delivery is so great. His subtext is clearly go fuck yourself, but it's still a joke. Right. Like he has so many emotions and so many lines. It's great. And uh, I want to move on as well to Allison, who's played by Emmy Revere Lampman. Mm -hmm. And she has been in A Million Little Things. A Million Little Things is the name of the show she was in. That's her only credit. Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. You're so funny. Because she's been in fucking nothing. Yeah. And that leads us directly to Aiden Gallagher, who plays number five. Yeah. Let me start by just listing the three things listed under his IMDb trivia page. You ready for this? Yes. These are the three trivia items noted. Okay. Is a vegan. Is left-handed. In June of 2018, he was designated as UN Environment Goodwill Ambassador for North America. Are all of those true? We should fact check that. I fact checked this. It's real. Okay. He's 15 years old. He was born in 2003. And he's the UN Ambassador. Yeah. He's the youngest ambassador for North America ever. And he has worked directly with the president and with multiple senators and congresspeople in general to work on climate change relief and stuff like that. And he's very political. He's releasing his first solo musical record this year. He tried to get started in directing at a very, very young age. So his father was friends with some directors and let him go on set to see stuff. But most of the directors were so uh, uh, energized by him, they wanted to start casting him and stuff. And once he started getting cast and stuff, he actually found he really liked acting a lot. The second pilot he was ever picked up in is called Nicky, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn. He played Nicky. It was for Nickelodeon, and it quickly became the highest rated live action kids show in the entire world. It ran for four seasons in the number one position to a global audience of 900 million across 110 countries and in 20 languages. The show was canceled. I don't even know what the show is. What the fuck? I've never heard of it. So the show was canceled after a key actor left, and within a month, Aiden was cast in, the star in a starring role 
as number five in Umbrella Academy. Well, I mean, you can't keep going if Dickie leaves. <laughs> in June of 2018, Aiden made history becoming the youngest United Nations ambassador of all time after five years of working as an ambassador to numerous environmental organizations. And one month or two months later, in August of 2018, Aiden made Variety's power of young Hollywood list being named as one of the top actors under the age of 25. And he is currently recording his first album as a solo artist and plans a world tour following the release between seasons of an umbrella Academy. This kid has done more with his life than I ever will. He's 15. In a related note, I ate an entire pizza by myself today. <laughs> well, that's something. Yeah, he's great in this. I'll be honest, when he first came on, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to live with yeah. this kid. Cause it, he... Well, and I was like, oh, kids in shows, man, I can't do it. Especially kids pretending to be adults. I can't yeah. handle it. But he Well, he comes phenomenal. on strong. He His attitude, like the character they've written, it comes on really strong, yeah. really fast. And I was like, this is going to get yeah. real one note, real fast, kid. Right. It doesn't. I mean, not only from him, but also the, you know, where they're taking the character it really works. Yeah. It really, really works. And he does play it once he, once his first scene is done and he kind of calms it down, he, he plays it a little more subtly. Uh, and it, and it re it's really yeah. genuine. It's really good. Um, this is a, an impressive well, he, kid. He's given the best fight scene that I've seen in the entire show so far. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I don't know where they got this kid from. He just wandered onto a set one day. <laughs> That's usually how it happens. Yeah. He's great. Like, I can't say anything else about him. Yeah. So, overall, like I said, we're both three episodes in. I'm definitely going to watch the next... I think there's ten. Is it ten episodes? That's correct. So yeah. We've got seven more to go. Yeah. So, I'm definitely going to get to the to the last seven. If we would hurry up and finish this podcast, I'll actually watch another one. Oh, great. Do you want to finish so we can continue watching Umbrella Academy? I would love to. Excellent. We're skipping the, the reading assignment this week because Andrew didn't do it. And that's okay. And that's okay. There's no <laughs> well, judgment. Well, I was going to say, we didn't actually assign one last episode, so you could just pretend to be like, oh, we forgot oh, to do right. it last time, so Andrew, I'm oh, yeah. giving you, you know this what? thing. No, but let's cut fine. this part out. You could just no, throw let's cut me this under part the bus out. like You're that. right. I forgot that I didn't do that. I forgot that I didn't give you one last week. All right. So here we go. Ready? We're going to leave it. I'll, I'll leave a little space for edit. Ready? I need verbal confirmation, Andrew. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, great. Sorry, I paused. Are you still ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, great. All right, so uh, I know I didn't give you a, a reading assignment last week, um, so I'm going to assign you one this week. I don't think he's this lying. Is given... We already did it. He we did Son it off the bitch. camera. He gave <laughs> it to me such an in asshole. a text, and he's lying to you right now. I'm telling the truth. How and, dare uh, you? He's just trying to. I'm going to leave all this in. He told me to cut it out. You can hear it yourself. And uh, what an asshole. I'm an asshole? Who didn't do the reading assignment, asshole? Uh, me? <laughs> yeah, right then. Yeah, there's no way this ends well for you, okay? You want to throw me under the bus? I will tug you under here with me, all right? Grab onto a tailpipe, bitch, because we're going for a ride. I don't like that you use the word tug and tailpipe in the same sentence. So anyway... You did remind me, though, I didn't tell anyone what your reading assignment is, so I might as well introduce it now. So your reading assignment, <laughs> I don't think this is one I've given you. If it is, then you'll just read something else for next week, and it'll be completely different from what I'm saying right now. <laughs> but I'm going to assign you 
Batman Earth One. The Earth One series is a series of comics that DC Comics has put out over the years. Kind of, they're kind of redos on the origin stories for their characters, but they're massive redos. As in, this isn't just the same old, same old with things. There's some right. either big or small alterations to the narrative, to to the origin story that you know of. I won't tell you. I think. Th- the Batman ones, most of it stays relatively the same, but there are some things that are changed that I don't want to spoil because I remember reading it and I was like, holy shit, that puts a cool spin on it. So there are two volumes of it. They're pretty quick reads. You know, okay. do one. If you can do both, do both. Yeah. Because they're, like I said, they're pretty quick reads, but at least do the first one uh, and give it a read. But yeah, I think you, I think you'll enjoy those. All right. Looking forward to it. And if you enjoy those, I'll probably assign you more Earth One stuff because they're all, it's all pretty good. All right, all right, we did it. So that is it. We did it. We did a thing, and we're done with this thing, and we're gonna go on to another thing now. Yeah, we we didn't kill ourselves last time, so we definitely have to do it this time, right? Oh, we do have to do it. Okay. Can I eat first, though? I mean, the internet has been telling me. I think all the comments we get on YouTube are just kill yourself. So if that's what the people want, that's what the people. As we stated before. If you pay me to say something, I'll say it. If you pay me to do something, I'll do it. Except praise the Yankees, as we learned over the course of like 20 minutes of you screaming about them. Listen, man, name a number and I might praise the Yankees. But until somebody cuts me a check, fuck the Yankees. Hey, Andrew. Hey, yeah. Andrew. Oh, what? Hey, Andrew. What is it? Fuck the Yankees. Also, where can they find us? <laughs> they can't find us in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium, that's for sure. But they can find us on iTunes. They can find us on Spotify and Google Play Music. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. We've still got a contest going on that's great for Captain Marvel coming out. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, that's the, where the real contest is. you got to leave a comment on a post on our Facebook. You can watch our videos on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can find us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We got a bunch of extra content on there as well as mystery boxes, depending on how much you choose to give. You can also email us at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com, and you can go on our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Yay, you did them all right. You did it all without reading from a list. I did it all while reading from a list. Nope, be a little more professional. You did it all from memory. That's what I said. You did it all on your own. I remembered everything on the list. Good job. Thank you. All right. Yo, problem. <laughs> and I helped. And I... Peed my pants. I have to hungry. pee so badly. I have to pee too. You want to go pee together? I've been drinking nothing but Pepsi and water this entire time because I would drink the Pepsi for energy and then drink the water so I don't have to clear my throat. And it, I mean, maybe it was a good choice, but man. It sounds like a terrible choice. I'm going to piss my pants. No, wait, wait, hold it. I'll come to Jersey City. We're going to go pee together. I mean, I will die. (laughs) All right, I'm on my way. I'm coming right now. Don't pee. Don't pee yet. Don't pee yet. Don't pee yet. I'm on my way. All right. All right. Okay, hurry up. Okay, I'm coming. Hurry up. All right. All right, I'm coming. Okay, I'm coming. All right. Hold on. Don't pee yet. I'm on the. I'm going yeah. out the door. All right. Going out the all door. right. All right. Don't pee all right. Yet. Yeah. I'm not. Well, what am I gonna do now? I'm waiting for Chris. I guess I'll just drink more water. <laughs>